Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp here for the Fightful.com podcast, November 14th edition. We're here to talk Monday Night Raw, a little bit of UFC WWE crossover, things like that. We had a big weekend with UFC 205. Easily our most watched, listened, downloaded UFC or MMA-related podcast we've ever had was this weekend. I want to thank all of you who – the new viewers, listeners, readers that we gained from that. Uh, Also, tons of features, guys. In case you missed it, uh, we had the most ridiculous with Anna Bauer. Her new video is up. The Spare Room with Aaron Hyden. He takes a look at some of the things he's thankful for in a post-election wrestling world. Brandon Howard's exclusive analysis on UFC 205 breaking uh, or beating WrestleMania 32 uh, and their gate with 100,000 people. Alex did a feature about the Cosmic Wasteland breaking up. That was a thing that we actually did. I did one on Conor McGregor staying a step ahead. And um, even more podcasts. We had one with Matt Riddle that's open to uh, all non-members. But if you want early access to some of this stuff, access to our forums, which are Growing and growing and growing. Go over to Fightful.com. Get registered. Absolutely free. No credit card. Anything like that required. Tonight, I am joined by Fightful.com associate editor, Alex Palowski. Alex, how was your first week as associate editor? Uh, good. I feel like I'm getting the hang of it. We're getting a good rhythm together. Uh, everything seems to be rubbing along pretty smoothly. So uh, I'm liking it. Me too. Me too. And you know, my, <laughs> some people said, oh man, you're, you're going to have a lot more time now. A lot more time. No, as I found out, it's just a redistribution of my time. So, yep. There you go. More content, more, more things. I'm able to reach out to more people. Lots of stuff. I had an exclusive report today up on some additional details about this Conor McGregor WWE thing. I spoke to two people in WWE who said that, and this is a few hours before uh, Triple H spoke to the Telegraph, but they said Triple H is the one that's pushing for this. It's not Vince McMahon. Not to say Vince McMahon wouldn't push for it, but to be quite honest, he's not that aware of who Conor McGregor is. He knows who Conor McGregor is, but Triple H is the one that really has his finger on the pulse in this situation. Here's a quote 
from an employee who obviously I'm not going to name. It says, Vince McMahon is aware who Conor McGregor is, but definitely doesn't understand what all the fuss is about. McGregor appeals to Vince's real instincts that he's had to kind of pull back on for years. Triple H knows all about McGregor, gets it, and wants him on the show. It's a real Tyson-Austin type of thing, but we don't have an Austin. I don't know that I could have said that any better. And the thing about Conor McGregor appealing to Vince McMahon's instincts, we've seen what Vince McMahon's instincts are. He talks about how big his own balls are. He has men kiss his ass on TV. That's the kind of stuff he likes. And Conor McGregor tried to take a swat at his opponent with a chair and said, when asked to apologize, he said, kiss my big Irish balls. So, I mean, I completely understand that. And and Vince is aware of who he is, and he does like that from, from, from who I spoke to. Another person said, Hunter was at UFC 205, but did not meet with McGregor. He may have spoken to someone from McGregor's team, but Connor probably already knows that WWE wants him. He's had to have known all along. He was the talk of the locker room, whether anybody will admit that or not. Also, it was said that even though there is some resentment from the WWE locker room in regards to those, the comments that Connor McGregor made about WWE wrestlers being messed up pussies, that at least one of the people I talked to said that they think that they that the talent would know that this would be the best. It'd be best if Conor McGregor did make an appearance. So you get stuff like that on Fightful.com, guys, and more exclusives. Really, I was going to say all week long, but all the damn time. Lots of stuff up on Fightful.com. We also had Monday Night Raw. We certainly did. There was a show that happened. It was a go-home show for the Survivor Series. And there was a lot more of the, hey, guys, let's all work together. And to, to that end, I'm going to have you all fight each other. I can confirm that this show existed and happened. Yep. It was a show that took place on the USA Network on Monday, November 14th, and it existed. Now, if in five years you ask me if this show existed and name off any of the shit that happened on it, I will not be able to confirm that because I will completely forget this show. Yep. (laughs) Well, no, I will say there will be one thing that I'll remember as long as I live, and that is the line, I want that scarf. That is that I'll remember that forever. But uh, but that's that's about it. Braun Strowman is really good. Uh, you can head over to our Twitter. Mike Straw was there live in Buffalo. I think it was in Buffalo. It was somewhere. Mm-hmm. I won't remember that either. Also, Mike Straw has a feature coming tomorrow. Uh, best non-WWE video games coming to Fightful.com. He does a lot of really good video game coverage for us. So we're going to get in this show. Hot diggity damn. <laughs> As you said, all right, let's light this poop-scented candle. Yep. Let's get going. That's what. That's what I let's try and start. We had like off. a, which we're we're not starting this after the state of the raw WWE address thing because I don't want to listen to Stephanie McMahon talk yet. I'll do that later. I've already had a rough week and I don't want to have a rougher week by listening to her any more than I have to. Either way, she's out there. They have all the Survivor Series participants on the stage, and this was. Do you watch The Walking Dead, Alex? I do. Okay. 
Spoiler alert from the last half of the season last year, guys. You remember when that blonde woman, the one with the glasses, was cutting that promo about how you got to believe and, yes. and you got to do it, and then she gets an arrow right through the fucking head? Yep. That was the kind of promo that Stephanie McMahon and Mick Foley were cutting tonight. Except they, there was no arrow. Unfortunately, no, there was no arrow, and I don't want anybody to get shot in the face with an arrow. To be fair, um, at the very least, somebody could have used one of those really annoying laser pointers on them that we haven't yeah. seen since the night. Or like, like a, a Nerf dart. At the very least, a Nerf dart right to the forehead. <laughs> As somebody said, somebody could have told Stephanie to look at the flowers. Uh, a little extreme there, fellas. A little extreme. <laughs> so. <laughs> uh. I, I didn't like this promo. I, six minutes in, I was like, Jesus. Somebody says Lesnar's off the juice. He looks fat. He's been off the juice for a long time. Uh, wait until the truth comes out about the USADA deal, guys. Um, this is just rough. Somebody says Negan needs to come to Raw with Lucille and clean house. Yeah. <laughs> I hated this promo. This was them yeah, kissing just – Oh, the dialogue on this friggin' show. It's so terrible. My the, the the only the really thing you have to take away from this is that Stephanie acknowledged that last week she had all of these people fight each other to get it out of their system, and you did. But this week's gonna be different. I'm gonna have you all fight each other. And that's basically <laughs> what she did. Just just in different circumstances. Like, I'm going to have you team up and fight each other as opposed to all fighting each other five on five. The three of you will fight these people over here and the two of you will fight them. Uh, They at least were able to mix it up and have, you know, Owens and Reigns fight, you know, Shazaro and and have, you know, the other three fight the New Day. But they couldn't mix it up for the women because there are no other women. So they just had, you know, a tag team fight as opposed to a tag team fight, which was last week. Just have, bring in some jobbers. Or how, how about bring bring up they Billy Kay and Peyton Royce for a they, night. They flew in that whole goddamn cruiserweight division for a backstage segment. Jeez. <laughs> oh, Were any of them on Superstars? Was there like an eight-man tag I didn't know about nah, on Superstars? No. Nah. Jinder Mahal, wow. Curtis Axel, Titus O'Neil, and somebody else were on Superstars. This, this this promo sucked. We got Shazaro versus Kaoman Reigns, as you said. Yep. Yeah, it was okay. I mean, they, they teased the the friction between Reigns and and KO, and you're gonna have that, but okay, well, okay, so Cesaro and Sheamus, they're out of that tag title picture now, surely, right? Yeah, they surely. just they they they, just lost. they lost to a team that was thrown together five minutes earlier. Uh, as somebody Which, tweeted me tonight, somebody tweeted me tonight that one of the main rules is that uh, any tag team, no matter how good, will lose to two top stars thrown together. Yeah. You know? I used to hate it. Which, I mean, that is a lot more forgivable than what they used to do. What it used to what used to happen is they always used to have the tag champions lose handicap matches to whoever the world champion was. Yeah. Like, I remember Batista just kicking the living shit out of, like, La Resistance, which... I'll give them a pass there. <laughs> yeah. It's La Resistance. It's La Resistance. We probably maybe shouldn't have been tag champions anyway. Yeah. Yeah. 
Backstage, Chris Jericho presents scarves to Seth Rollins. Now, I really hate how they force and shoehorn all these celebrity references in. Yep. So Seth Rollins says, well, if I wanted to dress like that, I would have raided Lady Gaga's closet. Ah! <laughs> it's so funny. It really is. It's just hilarious. Man, such a timely joke. Yeah. Such a timely – I don't really – I don't follow a lot of Lady Gaga. I'm not into the entertainment writing anymore these days. I used to be, unfortunately, to have to pay the bills. I know way more about these celebrities than I than I care to admit. I, I really don't remember the last time I flipped on, like, Yahoo and saw Lady Gaga wearing, like, a cat on her head or anything, but, though. But you know what they're doing there. They're just – they're saying that Jericho dresses like a flamboyant woman. Yeah. Speaking of, let's go ahead and talk about this. Joey Styles got shit canned from Beyond Wrestling, Chikara, and Evolve this weekend after he made a he made a joke about um, a female talent, and it was it was in the vein of the Donald Trump, pardon my language, grab her by the pussy deal. Ill advised for a couple of reasons. Just don't do that for one. Two. Gabe Sapolsky made it known beforehand, do not make political jokes. Do not talk anything political. This is an escape from that. Um, yeah, that didn't that just didn't work out. And Joey Styles got fired. What were what was your reaction when you heard that, that Joey Styles got fired? Well, I was following, I was not watching Evolve, but I was following on Twitter of people who were, and he was just getting trounced on twitter Everyone he was insufferable hated what he was doing he was ruining the show for people people were watching it on mute because they couldn't stand what he was doing and uh so he was on people's last nerve before this the, the 90s um, style just doesn't work anymore no i mean i when i was younger i used to love joey styles and the old ecw stuff but now it just it doesn't work anymore and, you know, he hasn't changed his style since 1994. So, you know, things change. And if you don't change with the times, then, you know, you're going to run into situations like this. The thing for me is that everyone who was rightfully upset about it took it as a sexual assault joke, which it was. But I think he was trying to make a Trump joke. Yeah. However, he had been explicitly told before the show, no political humor. And he did it anyway. So, you know, at this point, I mean, no big loss as far as what I've heard from people who are watching the show. They did not like what he was doing anyway. And he's a 45-year-old man. It's not too late to adjust your style for today. And he's going to get work somewhere. He'll, he'll take some time off. He'll apologize. And he will get work somewhere. He is a big name in commentary in a business where there are not a lot of big names on commentary just floating around out there. Like there, there just aren't, I think he'll be welcomed back eventually, but don't break the rules of your, of of who's paying your bills. You can't do that. So uh, I think he knows that he screwed up. I think he said as much, but ill, ill advised, ill advised either way. Seth Rollins and Braun Strowman are not scarf guys. Seth Rollins gave his back, and then Braun Strowman demanded Chris Jericho's scarf, which Jericho said was $750 that he bought where? 
Oh, I don't know. Feet. Probably Saks Fifth Avenue or Bloomingdale's or some. No, 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 no. It was in Europe. They just got back from Europe. I uh, I did not catch that point. I was too busy maybe, marking maybe. out over Strawn Braun Strowman's Strawn Broman. Strawn that, Broman's. That's that's Matt Riddle's new gimmick. I bet <laughs> Strawn Broman. Yeah, his. I want that scarf. Was just it was perfectly timed, impeccably delivered. There was a moment that I honestly thought they were going to do this. That would have I would have I still be marking out for it now. Three hours later. Um, where they zoomed in on Seth Rollins pulling his scarf out of the box, and they did a, the whole thing with him and Jericho. I don't want this scarf. I'm not really a scarf guy. And then they pulled back out. And when they pulled back out to the wide shot, I wanted Braun Strowman to be wearing the scarf that he pulled out of the box already. <laughs> I wanted him to be a scarf guy. But I like what they did better. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of everything they're doing with Braun Strowman. I don't like scarves. I don't like you. Everything they're doing with with uh, Braun just tickles me to no end. I love this guy. Did you see the stuff he was doing with uh, with Big Show in their match? In I did. Europe? He did a when he was doing a kip, kip up. up and rolling around like he's he's insanely athletic for a man his WWE size. WWE was right about him. They were right about him. Yeah, and I yeah. I will say this until it stops being true. He takes the best bumps to the outside of the ring of anybody in the WWE. Yeah, that's Fantastic. true. Sami Zayn beat Bo Dallas. This was just to put Sami Zayn over before his yep. match with Miz or Dolph Ziggler. I hope but, it's Dolph Ziggler, but if it's the Miz, you know what? I bet it'll still be an awesome match. So this is my two things. One, Bo Dallas is growing out the beard, which which helps our possibility of him being Bray's sick boy. Yes. That's what we're hoping for, both of us. Uh, there's there's talk of the Miz getting traded to SmackDown Live, uh, from SmackDown Live to Raw. So if if it's going to be like you know maybe the Miz for a bunch of parts, maybe one of those parts is uh, is Bo Dallas and he gets reunited with Braun with Bray. Uh, the other thing is that I believe that tomorrow night there's going to be some kind of schmozzy finish of that Miz Dolph Ziggler thing. And Miz will get thrown into the Intercontinental match at Summer Survivor Series. It'll become a triple threat. That's that's what my thing is because Miz has been doing too much good work to get left off of that card. He should be on Survivor Series what? somewhere. Like he could. Well, I would say he could be declared a free agent, and then he wins the title, and he's like vying for. Yeah. Like, which of you all wants I'll, me more? I'll choose which one I want to be on. So you guys woo me. They could handle that. They could. That could go on until Christmas. But yeah, that, that sounds like a good storyline idea, and they don't seem to be interested in that anymore. But they, they brought up the word trade, yep. specifically the word trade. So yep. Brian Kendrick addressed the cruiserweights backstage. They flew all these guys in, and a couple of a few of them made their case about why they should face Brian Kendrick because a few of them have beaten him and been screwed out of matches and got attacked and Sin Cara, who got bit by Chris Jericho last week, <laughs> he uh, spoke up and he ended up getting a match out of it. How do they – I don't know how Sin Cara is just even still there, first off. Just get another guy to play the gimmick. Right. If he's that much trouble, and I've – 
It's funny because I heard that Sin Cara had it coming, but I also heard that Chris Jericho probably knew exactly what he was getting into. They said that stepping up to Sin Cara like that is a, is like he had to have known he was going to get punched or swung at. Yeah. Kendrick gets in Sin Cara's face and calls him a traitor as, as Sin Cara takes up for Kalisto, who is facing Kendrick. Where do you think the cruiserweight division goes after Sunday? Because they got uh, this 205 Live show on Tuesdays. It's got to go to Tuesday. It has to. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it logistically, it makes too much sense. It doesn't make sense for it to stay on Raw because they have – Morrow is going to announce it. Uh, it's going to be taped in the arena. Not taped, but they're going to switch over from live on USA to live on the network immediately following SmackDown in the same arena. It doesn't make any sense for the division – to stay on Raw when it could all just be included in SmackDown. And hell, every every week, have one cruiserweight match on SmackDown to promote the network, saying later tonight, switch over to the network and watch these guys wrestle. You know, I mean, it'll be, it should be a really great thing if they can do it right. I can't imagine why they would do it the other way. It doesn't make any sense to. But then again, it's the WWE, and things that make too much sense rarely are done by Vince McMahon. Somebody says, SRS, try to get hired for 205 Live. Yeah, so I can gas out in about 45 seconds. That sounds great. Somebody says, good old Josh Matthews, greater than good old JR. You need to lay off the narcotics because that ain't true. Oh, a podcast update this – just a general podcast update, guys. We are on iTunes now, and we're uh, uh, pending approval for Stitcher. So go subscribe to us on iTunes. Add us to your podcast app. Somebody says, take on it. You won't gas out. I've got a wrist injury right now, like a tendon or, tendon or ligament or something in my wrist is preventing me from lifting right now. It kind of sucks. So I haven't been able to do that for a while. Got to stick to the DDP yoga and the resistance and crap like that. Uh, anyway, podcast update. So we have a lot of shows this weekend. At the same time on Saturday – there is a UFC show, a Bellator show, uh, Kovalev versus Ward, and NXT TakeOver Toronto. So normally I would do one show and cover all that, but I know you all are going to want a show right after NXT Toronto. So we're going to do that. We will have a show right after NXT Toronto. Don't know if Alex will be with us or not. If he is, he is. If not, you going to be with us, Alex? Sure, I'll be here. Okay, so Alex will be here with us, uh, and I'll cover that. Somebody says you have 2,999 subscribers. Sean, who's next? Subscribe, damn it. Either way. We will do the MMA and boxing show the next afternoon with uh, Showdown Joe. Now, that will cover – there are two UFC events on Saturday. UFC Fight Night 99, UFC Fight Night 100, Bellator, which has a big, big fight, has Michael Chandler versus Ben Henderson. I think MVP's on that show too, I think. And the Kovalev Ward fight. That will be Sunday afternoon. And I'll preview uh, Survivor Series a little bit as well. Also, Sunday night, we got the Survivor Series show for you. So we've got a ton of stuff coming this weekend. I didn't realize there were that many shows, much less four going on at once. That's four live viewing parties we are going to have at Fightful.com simultaneously. All hands on deck for this shit, my friends. Yeah. It's get, it's it's going to get crazy. 
And you smile because I don't think you got to cover any of them live, Alex. No, I got to cover Survivor Series live, but not yeah. not Saturday. I don't just cover any of those things live. I'll be around uh, and probably hitting up some of the uh, some of the stuff that's going on around there. We there was during the UFC 205. There was a bunch of stories that broke in the wrestling realm that I uh, that I wound up covering. So uh, yeah, any listen, news happens, and you know I got to be around to cover it when it when it happens. So. Uh, no, but I'm, I'll be definitely watching NXT TakeOver. I'm looking forward to that a lot. Someone in our comments calls me the Ernie Johnson of podcasting. No, Alex has to be the Ernie Johnson of podcasting. Ernie Johnson's from Milwaukee. Yeah, there you go. So is Alex. Somebody says Undertaker returns Sunday. No, the Undertaker will return tomorrow night. I guarantee it. How about that? <laughs> you heard it here. Not first, not second, probably about 3,000th. But yeah, lots lots of podcasts this week, guys. Uh, and of course, the Matt Riddle Show Thursday, the the Showdown Joe Show Wednesday, post SmackDown Tuesday. And at some point, I'm going to go to Lexington and test drive new office chairs. I know that everybody's excited to see a new chair behind me. Ooh, it's well, that's that's time. That, that chair is a lot better than what I'm working with. <laughs> well, I actually had a second one. Somebody oh, joked yeah. because obviously I have a leather chair over there. A leather love seat. Somebody says it looks like the casting couch. <laughs> I'm not a real podcaster, and there Get is a, no job. Little Brazzers logo at the bottom. So somebody said that, <laughs> like they saw my other one. And they said that I, I like work in a leather chair emporium. <laughs> in the first week that we did this show, I was I tried to move it out of the shot, and I made a noise, and the camera switched to me. And I'm looking back, and I'm like, "Huh?" And somebody like bl- like graded out and put "wasted" from GTA. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta go find uh, that tweet. It was that's great. great. Uh, God, do we have to go back to talking about Raw? Oh, um, it's not. Uh. <laughs> it won't take that long anyway. Um, the new day shills their merchandise. That was that was eh. They made know, it entertaining, but the, that was all it was, right? There was no other point to it. Well, they, they teased they teased unicorn horn to sock penetration. Yep. But that was still Before just showing the up. merchandise. Like there was no yeah. – they were just like buy our stuff. That was basically the whole yeah. segment. Out it of was. ideas. Now, I loved the match. New Day versus Seth Rollins, Y2J, and Braun Strowman. I'll tell you why I loved this match. Because I got to see Seth Rollins – in a competitive six-man tag match. Now, I've seen Seth Rollins in six-man tag matches over the last couple of years with J&J Security and all those, all those scrubs that we've seen. But this took me back to the glory days of The Shield when I thought the WWE had one of the best rosters they have ever had. They would throw The Shield up against, like, the Usos or Daniel Bryan or CM Punk or Goldust or Cody Rhodes – uh, Alberto Del Rio, any combination of just people, and they would have unbelievable six-man tag matches, and they always seemed important. This one didn't seem important, but I liked it, especially Seth Rollins and Xavier Woods had some kind of chemistry in that ring. And that's good to see because I don't see Xavier Woods having chemistry with a whole lot of people, but he certainly did with Seth Rollins. I love this match. I I Braun Strowman took a great spot into that that ring post, and Chris Jericho like kind of showing his 
his veteran medal, like just immediately tags him like, big man's in trouble, I'm tagging in. There was a lot to like about this match. I miss the six-man tags. Um, I wish WWE could do a trios thing. I I hope they do a trios tournament eventually. But, I mean, they're not going to do that with each show being as shallow as as they are. But this had me missing those six-man tag matches, and I want to see a trios tournament in the future just for fun. It won't happen, but I want to see it. What did you think of the match? Uh, I, I really liked it. I loved, uh, I love, I love Braun. He's, I love watching the stuff that he does. He did this thing that very innovative that I'd never seen before. Uh, there's the spot where a guy tries to do a sunset flip, ends up on his back, can't get the big guy over. And the guy just picks him up by the throat and stands him up and then goes to town on him. Uh, instead, Braun Strowman scooped up Kofi and then twisted him in midair and slammed him on his face. It is totally one smooth, fluid move. I'd never seen it before. It was totally impressive. There was another point where it was just Braun on the outside, and he caught Kofi, slammed him to the ground, and then ran through Big E like like he was a Mack truck and Big E was a chain link fence. Like, that's impressive. And it did not look like Big E had to sell too hard for it. Like, that looked like it really, really hurt. Um, Man, I was, Braun was super over in this too. This is how you get a guy over. Yeah. He just, he caught Kofi, tossed him, and then the reaction from that crowd went, hey, how many times have we seen Big E come around that corner yep. and plow through somebody? That didn't happen. Nope. Braun Strowman's the kind of guy that when you face him off with another big name in the ring, the crowd's going to make some noise. And hot damn, you know why? It's because they protect him. Yeah. Protect him. That's what it takes is protecting him. Had they – now it's not going to work with everybody. But you know what? When Ryback popped up after being protected and he saved Vince McMahon and he got in there with CM Punk, I remember that crowd. I'm pretty sure it was in Sacramento. That's how well I remember it. I hope it was in Sacramento since I remember it that well. The hard camera was shaking. Like the crowd was making so much noise when, and that was just like six months of protecting somebody. And he hadn't really beaten anybody. Rusev used to get those kind of reactions. Protect your guys. Do this to two or three guys. Just keep them apart. But there's always something that they got a hot shot. I I don't get it. And yeah, also Braun Strowman just sat back and watched Seth Rollins pedigree. Chris Jericho. That was kind of funny. Then he just left. Yep. <sighs> Charlotte and Sasha in the locker room. This was terrible. Awful. Sasha Banks says, and I quote, you're crazier than Miley Cyrus. Why do they, ah! write, why, why do they write that stuff for them? Why? Like, what's to what end? Like, it just uh... makes me... Uh, it makes me feel so bad for the performers that they have this stuff that they're told they have to say. It's just terrible. You know what I would like to know? What's the shit that doesn't get through? <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing for me is it seems like also it's just it's somebody writing this stuff. It's stream of consciousness and nobody edits it. You know, because a lot of times yeah. they'll say – the same basic thing four times in a promo. It's 10 different ways of telling you how much you're the boss. Like 
like somebody needs to come in and edit something and there's no time. They're writing it on the fly and it's just, it's not good. It's not good. God, I would rather try to catch a bunny rabbit in a minefield than watch this segment again. It was terrible. And it, Sasha's never had the most natural. Well, you know what's funny? Like when she talks, just when she does interviews and stuff, she seems so passionate. And they script her, and it's never good. It's never good when she's scripted. It's a lot like Naomi. Like whenever I hear Naomi just talk, I'm like, okay, cool. But then anytime it's scripted, I don't get it. Like, like acting's hard. Yeah. But I mean, Jesus Christ, when you've been at it that long. Well, the other thing is that there's, you know, we'll see this later, but Big Cass is somebody who's really great when it's off the cuff, yeah. but terrible when you give him a script to memorize. You know, he, yeah. he like, if you watch any of the Fallout stuff they do with him and Enzo, where they're just talking to Dasha Fuentes or whoever it is backstage. He's <laughs> really. Up, let me go ahead. Let me interrupt you there. I talked to the same employees that I talked to today who said there's, there's some unrest in the WWE over some of their backstage interviewer hires because they think all of them look the same. Now they waited until they hired like four, four girls, four brunette girls. They're like, Oh shit. All these girls look the same. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, somebody was joking around that it's Charlie Caruso one, Charlie Caruso two and Charlie Caruso three. Uh, Job security yeah. for Renee Young. Yeah, that's true. Uh, besides the fact that she's just she's great. outstanding at her job yeah. and could work probably anywhere she wanted at this point. Yeah, the, uh, the scripting, man. Whew. Brian Kendrick beats Sankara. Okay. Yep. Okay, man. That sure. match – lasted a lot longer than I thought it was going to. It seemed like they were kind of stalling for time at some places. Uh, yeah. But it was it was fine, you know? Like, it was a fine match. But it, it, it just like, oh, look at that. Brian Kendrick beats Sin Cara. Like, you can't be surprised that the Cruiserweight champ beat a guy. But that yeah. was that seemed like what they were saying. Like, oh, man, if, if, if Brian Kendrick locks in that captain's hook on Kalisto on Sunday – then the, then the Cruiserweight division is staying on Raw. Like, okay, well, he's the champion. Shouldn't you, like, not be surprised that maybe he's – I don't know. It was just kind of weird, and uh, that was not helped Alex, by that. Alex, I watched a guy show up to a press conference last week in a mink coat, try to hit a guy over the chair with, over the head with a chair, tell everybody to suck his big Irish balls – and I believed every – I knew it was a shtick, but I believed every word of it. It was in character. Yeah, and it's real hard to go from that to this. Yep. As far as the in-ring and stuff, I bet Survivor Series is going to kick ass. I think it'll just be awesome. I think it'll deliver. I may enjoy it more than UFC 205 outside of the main event of UFC 205. Uh, TakeOver maybe the same thing. I don't know. It depends on if anybody, any other people are over. I'm sure they will be because they're at TakeOver. But, man, the terminology from the commentary. Now, I'll say this. Saturday night was not Joe Rogan's best night in the booth by any means. I feel like he's regressed as well, and I love Joe Rogan. But he blows these sons of bitches out of the water. Even Corey Graves, who has to peddle some of this shit that he's given. 
And that's unfortunate because Corey Graves is the man. The man. We have a backstage segment with Enzo and Cass and Gallows and Anderson. These were really bad jokes. I, I did, for some reason, laugh at the baby poop one. Yeah. I, I laughed. They would later beat uh, the Shining Stars and Golden Truth. Are the Shining – wait a second. Didn't Shining Stars and Golden Truth face each other last week? Yes, they did, and they made them team together. Uh, after the Shining Stars, A, tricked them into giving them their spot on Survivor Series and then beat them for it underhandedly. They forced them to team together like like they were like Dario, like Dario Cueto was making the match. Like it doesn't, on Lucha Underground, it did not seem like something that they normally do. Uh, but it was like they'd forced Enzo and Cass and Gallows and Anderson, or as I call them, ENC and GNA, uh, to all team together and work together in order to beat two jobber tag teams. Carl like Anderson, two guys another should... guy I like, but stop giving him scripts. Oh, man. Especially when we see how good these two are without scripts. As I've said before, I would watch a full season of Ride Along with just Styles, Gallows, and Anderson. Just them. We had the Goldberg-Brock Lesnar segment. Now, I know one thing. Goldberg went to the Ice Cube school of tell everybody to shut up about 74 times in three minutes. That was his promo, is going full redneck. Heard what you said about my family. (laughs) Now, being from Kentucky, I have seen fights literally next door over that. So I believe that's a thing that will piss you off. Right. It does. I get it. I believed it. But um, Goldberg was – I know he went to school at Georgia. Is that where he's from? Because somehow I missed the Southern accent for 20 years of watching Goldberg. Well, he's a <laughs> Jewish man from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Oh, there so. you go. Okay. Because uh, I, I, had, I had not noticed the, the Southern accent until the night, and then I noticed it. It came out when he was, when he was angry. <laughs> it didn't exist. Yeah. That's why. Yeah. He tried to turn it on. He tried to really turn it on. They had a bunch of uh, security guards, and Paul Heyman kept going. He started resetting his promo, which got a lot of heat from the crowd. So, I mean, that was a good thing. Got a lot of heat from the crowd. Maybe they should have tried um, this that whole thing they did in Minneapolis. They should have done that in Buffalo. Because Buffalo was, was yeah. over for Goldberg. Uh, they were doing everything. Isn't that pretty close to Toronto? It is. It's right across the uh, road over the lakes. Yeah. Hey. Yep. Maybe that bodes well for them this weekend. I don't know. I Who knows? Um, <laughs> Goldberg says he wants to get it on. They take their shirts off. You know, normal wrestling stuff. Guys. Normal wrestling stuff. <laughs> normal wrestling stuff. Uh, Lesnar does not get in the ring, backs up the ramp, smiling. And uh, as you wrote, Goldberg, we're going to have to edit that, Alex. Typo. Uh, typo. Uh-oh. I'll have to edit that right now. Uh-oh. Goldberg, Goldberg, basked in the adulation of the crowd. Yeah, Goldberg was in pretty good shape for a fifty-year-old. Um, but as you mentioned, lost about thirty-five pounds of muscle in the last dozen years. He as has like most. Looks like it anyway. As has most everyone else. So I'll give him a pass there. Right. Uh, some things that or that existed back then, or didn't exist back then, exist now. Now I'll say this: He's not getting drug tested, for sure. Nope. There was things uh, from from, from that uh, promo that I really enjoyed. Uh, 
uh, was um, Heyman starting to list all the guys that, that Brock Lesnar beat and Goldberg saying, yeah, yeah, it's a long list, but I'm not on it. Yeah. And I, I like know, that. I know that burns you up kid. Like that was a really, really good writing. If it was written, it was really well delivered. Like that's smart. That's a good promo. And then the other thing is like, if you talk about my family one more time, I'm going to rip off your head and feed it to him. That's a, that's a good line of violence that really shows through. It shows that that's the t- buttons you, you can't push for him. That was all great. But the two good dudes ripping off their shirts and then not actually doing anything, that was just kind of gratuitous and stupid. Vader is on Twitter saying that he has two years to live. That's terrifying. That is terrifying. He says that his heart is worn out for football and wrestling and he has two years to live. Conject- or congestive heart failure is a reality that's unfortunate. I hope the best for Vader. Yeah. A very rising person. Yeah. Apparently the network went out during the uh, state of the WWE universe address. <laughs> oh man. What else we got? Charlotte and Sasha versus Nia Jax and Alicia Fox. This was another one of those matches that we mentioned. Doesn't make any damn sense, but they don't have anybody. I don't get why you just don't have five jobbers here. I mean, my thought was, why don't you fly up Billy Kay and Peyton Royce? Five five girls from the five girls from the performance center. Sure. Even. Bring them up. If hey, if you want to. Make it a make it an elimination match and have Nia Jax run through three girls and say that's why you need to be worried about Nia Jax. Right. There's so many better ways to go about this, especially if you're trying to kill time. Yeah, because this could have killed 15 minutes easy that way and been way better. Because Nia Jax just crush, 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 and then the other girls are like, "Well, let me in on this." Eh. Yeah. And Bailey was on commentary. She, <laughs> yeah, it was what it was. There, there, there wasn't a lot noteworthy to talk about this show. And I really hate when we have to talk about a show. And I'm like, they should have done this. They should have done this. Right. Well, the thing they is, like, they, they were obviously stretching for time because they had individual uh, entrances for the four teams in that Enzo and Cass versus you know the Shining Stars yeah. get their full entrance. And then, of course, two minutes into the match, they go to commercial. You know, like it's there's they don't have the priorities right in that way. But it was just it just didn't make a sense to me. We had a main event segment: Daniel Bryan and Shane McMahon come out face to face with Mick Foley and Stephanie McMahon. Team Raw then comes out and surrounds Daniel Bryan and Shane McMahon. Like, what are they going to do? Beat up Daniel Bryan? Yeah, I didn't understand that either. Why doesn't anybody beat up Daniel Bryan? Why isn't The Miz beating up Daniel Bryan every week on SmackDown? Because he's not cleared for contact. I would love – they need to do a thing every week with Corey Graves that's like he's explaining the rules just of things. Like, hey, you want to know why wrestlers pull out those CRT monitors out of the, the tables? Because they get fined $50,000 for each one they break. <laughs> just something like that. Why isn't it a DQ whenever they use the stairs at ringside? Why isn't it a DQ when people go through the announce table? Um, 
Why do people have to hang under the tag ropes? Why does the referee ignore that in the last minute of every tag match you've ever seen? (laughs) I would love to see Corey Graves just explaining this. Hey, why do referees do a certain thing? Why, like, can they count pins here? Can they count them here? I think that would be a kind of a cool segment and something I could probably run forever, but they never do. Daniel Bryan calls out Team SmackDown. We have some some face-offs, uh, most notably Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton kind of face off with Braun Strowman, and Bray Wyatt says that he's going to destroy the monster that he created. I really like that. I really like this segment, really. It was yeah. I enjoyed it. I thought the brawl was awesome. You had Reigns and Rollins joining forces, power bombing AJ Styles outside onto Team SmackDown. I thought that was all real. I, I liked all this. One of my favorite things was the genuine distraught of James Ellsworth when he got added to the list. Yes, yeah, <laughs> he great. sold that better than anybody ever had. He did. Now that was that was that whole pro- the, everything before um, the you know the ten ten com- combatants faced off was was awful. Everything after they came together was great. Like that that promo battle that that Owens had with Styles over who was the better champion, that was great. Uh, Jericho po- pointing at Ellsworth said, "What the hell is that?" <laughs> that was great. <laughs> he called him Chince McMahon. Chince McMahon. He said, "Attention, attention! We have a child who's who's lost at ringside. Will his parents come? Please come pick him up." That's great. Um, you you know what they really missed out on? Was that an Ellsworth Strowman face off? Yeah. Somebody tweeted me that they wanted uh, when when Strowman was standing tall in the middle of the ring for Ellsworth to get in with his two two hands and, and start beating on him, just get smashed. Uh, I, I like the whole thing. I like that that Steph that Shane McMahon stood up to Braun Strowman, hit him over the ring again. Um, Strowman taking a great to the outside bump because that's what he practices all the time. It was it yeah. was good. Uh, the only thing that um, that you know me that I'm definitely going to notice is a uh, Kevin Owens didn't do anything to anybody in that brawl, which was odd. He didn't hit a pop a power bomb or even go for one. And um, Bray gets Roman Reigns in position for the sister Abigail, and the crowd goes bananas. Yeah. They wanted that so bad, and of course Reigns gets out of it. He does all of his stuff, and everyone starts booing Reigns because they didn't want Reigns to do that. And, of course, Reigns is the only guy who didn't get anything done to him because yes. they got, he's got to stay strong. Even in that, in that six-man tag where, um, where no, two, the, him and, and Owens versus Shazaro, that match where he, uh, he shrugged off everything and, and hit his stuff because he has to and stand tall, and he pulls Owens onto – uh, Seamus for the pin. It was just it, it, they're just they're treating him as as though he is son of Zeus, and it's just so funny at this point. It's just it's almost comical. That was raw. Somebody says, guys, what kind of gimmick match would you like to see the women do for the first time ever next? I would like to see. Now I don't know the logistics of this because the top rope deal. I wouldn't mind seeing them do like a 10 to 15 woman Royal Rumble match. Hmm. 
I think that could be interesting. Now you'd have to get creative with that. You do have 15 women on the roster and maybe yeah. even do it the, the old Hogan route where the champions are in it even. And yeah. if one of the champions wins, she can challenge the other champion for the title. Yeah. You never uh, know. I mean, I just watched a double uh, title match on Saturday. So, yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing a, seeing a ladder match. That'll probably happen you know? next month. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing a women's Money in the Bank match in June. You know, like have have that happen, and and one of them gets it, and they can challenge either SmackDown or Raw. You know, that'd be fun. Somebody uh, says, "Where's Anna this week?" We had Anna on last week, basically to promote her new segment, which is on uh, up. Uh, uh, it is up on the site, so go check that out. Um. I didn't feature it as a video because we had a podcast, major UFC podcast, but go check it out under our wrestling section. I believe I put it under our exclusives. If not, I will. Yeah, I need to go back and do that. Um, somebody, somebody says 12 women and three jobbers. And uh, no, you could do 15 women. You could still do 15 women. A chins on a pole match. Aha. Well, we know that Ellsworth has the motivation. Somebody says, where the heck is Jack Gallagher? He's going to be on 205 Live, right? Yeah, he is. They, they've added him to the site. Uh, him and Tozawa. They got rid of his first name. He's no longer Akira Tozawa. He's just Tozawa. Um, so, yeah, there, there are a bunch of new guys who are going to debut on 205 Live. Somebody says, do you all think TM61 will ever get over? Hmm. Not with that name. Yeah, but they're a shitting name. They're doing great stuff in NXT. Like the match that they had with Sanity to get him put into the finals, that was a great match. Um, Thorne's match with Roderick Strong was excellent. These guys can work. They're really good, but they're just not being put in a position to get over. That name is terrible, and nobody knows anything about them other than like they're Australian. Like that's about so- it. My my confession is I'm binge watching NXT this week. I have not watched NXT one time since Fightful started because I don't have the time. Wow. Well, wait, no, I take that back. I binge watched up until NXT Brooklyn, Brooklyn yeah. what I missed, and I'm binge watching that way because I'm not going into an NXT show not knowing what's going on and then hopping on a podcast to talk about it. Like I do know what's going on. I don't think that's that's fair to to uh, – our viewers. But the thing is, I've not had one person that's like, you got to watch NXT for this. I haven't had that recently. There's been some, there's been some very good stuff, but not a lot of great stuff. There's been some stuff where I feel like, wow, in a year after some more seasoning, these people are going to be excellent. But right now there, you can tell that they're still figuring it out, but there's a lot of really good characters in there. Uh, There's, there's the, the, the problem that, that they have right now is they, they banked a lot on that Hideo Itami versus Austin Aries thing, and mm-hmm. both guys are now out. So that doesn't help them at all. I'm excited for Bobby Roode and Ty Dillinger because I love Ty Dillinger. Yeah, they're going to be great. I, Ty Dillinger is working really, really well as a dignified babyface. Like he's got, he's yeah. doing great promos about how dare Bobby Roode sully the memory of Dusty Rhodes. It's good stuff. Oh man, I would I go to those those Columbus shows every year where they do gosh, they'll do like 13, 14 matches a day at the Arnold Classic. And literally 
Ty Dillinger will come out as a babyface in the first match and play a heel in the seventh match and then do the reverse the next day, and he gets over like that. Not only does he get over with it, but Bailey will pick up his 10 sign and start doing the 10 thing too. Man, the, boy, those are going to be stripped raw yeah. next year. Yeah. Oh, man. Like this year I, I had Bailey and, and Finn Balor and a bunch of people, and last year there was Charlotte and Sasha Banks and Kevin Owens. Maybe I'll get Nakamura this year. I kind of hope I don't, really. Yeah. But, man. Let's go ahead and talk about that. We've got a couple minutes. Sure. After Toronto. I don't know. I mean, all all the big names have been advertised heavily for that Australia tour in December. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm thinking the fir- the next big stuff is happening at Royal Rumble. Guy, I, I, wouldn't, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see some guys actually – debut in the rumble the one the one thing that i'm hoping for like if i had one wish like a gd grants me one wish for a debut in the next year i want ty dillinger to debut at number 10 in the royal rumble because i think that would be really really huge uh when that when the when the thing comes up for when it counts down and it hits 10 and his music starts and he comes out with tens above him i think that would be great um I thought you were gonna say if I you mean, had one wish we would be best friends. <laughs> That's a Ray J reference right there. Yeah. Uh, I'm embarrassed uh, no, that I know that lyric. I think that that Shinsuke and Samoa Joe definitely deserve to be up on the main roster and wrecking people up there. But um, I'm a little scared of, you know, what – NXT is without those guys. Like yeah. who who main events they, they tour everywhere and try and sell out places. Without those guys, who are you buying a ticket to go see? Bobby Roode? Is that the is that the top guy in the company? Issa says that Dillinger should enter at number 10. Yep. That was my idea. Oh sorry. I spaced out. <laughs> I was too busy thinking of Ray J lyrics. <laughs> You got to get them right, you know. Otherwise, you're going to be a poser. Yeah, I mean, if I, it's bad enough, I'm quoting Ray J lyrics on on my damn show. I don't want to get them wrong. <laughs> Guys, follow us at Fightful Online, Facebook and Twitter. Our Facebook, I know it's a mess, guys. I'm not bullshitting you. Our Facebook is a wreck. It's horrible. It's getting fixed. We're going to be sharing a lot of fun stuff on there. It's getting fixed, guys. We have an Instagram that I haven't kicked off yet, but we do have photo galleries as well. Those have been new and updated video gal- or video pages. We post all kinds of media on Fightful.com. We want it to be the one place you go for boxing, wrestling, MMA. We've got a lot of coverage coming up uh, ahead of the Kovalev Ward fight on Saturday, ahead of two UFCs and a Bellator show, probably one, of, arguably one of the biggest Bellator shows of the year. As far as real talent goes. And then, of course, a big wrestling weekend. All that. We got podcasts maybe every day. I don't know what my Friday looks like. I've got some family stuff to deal with. I want to thank all of you who reached out uh, in regards to that. I really appreciate it. But follow us at Fightful Online on Twitter and Facebook. Share Fightful.com and our stories on Reddit and Facebook groups on Facebook, Twitter. Uh, when you all do that, it, it helps so, so much, especially in those Facebook groups where – Just thousands of people see it. It really, really helps out a lot. 
Somebody says, is Fightful already at 3,000 subs? Yeah, we are. We got a pretty pretty hot start. We came out of the gate pretty damn hot. We are well beyond expectations. I'll say this. Where I thought we would be in six or seven months, we were at in three. And by the current metrics where we expected to be at in maybe 10, 11 months to a year, we may be at right now. If the numbers are right, numbers could be bullshit. I sat through a million presidential poll results for three months, and those were complete horseshit, as it turns out. Maybe our numbers are too. Alex, anything to leave the people with before we go? Uh, follow me on Twitter at Pawlowski the fourth P A W L O W S K I T H E the numeral four T H. Uh, getting a lot of stuff up this week. Um, starting to do things that we call them. I'm going to call them the refresher, which means uh, I'll put them up in the morning to let you know what happened last week and what's going to happen tonight. I'm going to do that for Raw. Did that today. I'm going to do that one to, for tomorrow for SmackDown, uh, and then I'll try to throw in some reviews as well. I have a uh, in-depth NXT TakeOver Toronto preview that'll run on Friday, and then I'm going to try and get one out for Survivor Series on Saturday. Somebody says, SRS, nice sweater. Hey, you all have these to look forward to all the damn time in the fall and winter because I am a sweater fanatic. Also, uh, again, I want to congratulate former uh, Monday Night Fightful.com podcast co-host rob mccarran getting a big gig with uh flow slam you know a lot of you were saying oh do a show with rob do a show with rob and i was like hey, rob's got some other shit going on guys <laughs> uh very good hire for flow slam awesome to uh see rob there and basically people that have worked for fightful are just gonna take over the fucking business that's what we're doing so don't mess with us stay on our stay on our good side if you want to survive in this business, just remember guys, I am not a real podcaster and there is no job. See ya. This is the story of the one as a maintenance engineer. He hears things differently to the untrained ear. Everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.